when you become a Christian later in life, or at least, you know, past teenagers, you're like, you have to learn how to become a Christian. Whereas like when you grew up in the church, you have to unlearn so many things that you learned as a kid. Hey friends, welcome to the Sunday Morning Snuggle. My name is Beck. I'm a clinical psychologist, registrar and a Christian. My favorite thing in the whole world is stories. I love, I love books, I love interviewing, I love learning how people got from A to B, even if on the outside of it, it looks ridiculous. I love all the nitty gritty. And so the internet just makes me tired right now. Join me as we chat to local Christian women about their joys and their struggles, how they came to trust in Christ and what they have learned through suffering. No pressure, Rach, gentlemen. Hello. Yeah, I know, it totally is. So, talk to me. What does a typical week look like for you? I have three kids and a husband, and I work uh, part-time as a ED nurse, kids' activities and church and whatnot. That's about it. <laughs> you say, like, that's about it, but, like, yeah. you actually do a lot. I do way too much. Please tell me what you do. My kids do brigades, and Shelby's only part-time at school, so I got her. I have her three days, and I work minimum two days a week, usually more, because overtime and money and whatnot, and there's never enough staff at work, so I go to work and then I stay for a whole day. <laughs> which is fine yeah and then I do play group with you and then I do I'm on the music team at church and stuff so like yeah. music practices and that sort of thing as well yeah nice. mm, much activity yeah and kids and you do kids church as well I do do kids church yes how often is that a couple of times a term I guess wow yeah Stedman. that's too many things that's a lot it's because I can't say no to things <laughs> it's not a lot of the things I don't want to be doing <laughs> but here we are here I am. I laughing at your problems. I at a random stranger's wedding on Tuesday. And now I have you agreed on it on Tuesday? A friend of mine who's a friend of this person asked me. And I was like, I guess. But it's like 4 o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon. I thought it was in the day. And it's not. Oh. So I'm like, I'm get my kids from school and take it to this random stranger's wedding. <laughs> and sing a song. And then, oh, it's a problem. So you got lots of things on. I do lots of things on. And lots of regret. Much regret. Much regret. Mm. Mm. Tell me, so you have Shelby, who is four. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Callie, who is six. And yep. Harvey, who is eight. Yeah, so. You... It's very easy to remember their ages. Yeah, nice. So you got lots of school stuff, too. I do have lots of school stuff, yes. Yeah. So my, my children do lots. Board, and my kids both do brigades and uh, music lessons and things. Yes. There's lots of things to remember and places there to go. I'm starting to see that I now that Henry's. Two whiteboards, two calendar, like two months ahead on my, on my pantry door. That's that's how I keep that's how I keep track. I just bow down to that. That's amazing. Mm, that's mm. that's truly amazing. I only had one, and then I was like, I need a second month. <laughs> I have one whiteboard, but it just has yeah. the meals and what is happening that week. But I'm like, I need to see the whole week. Yeah, dude. Okay, that's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot. And ED nurse. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What is the best thing about being an ED nurse, mm-hmm. and what is the worst thing? The best thing is, it's very interesting. And it's never the same. Every single day is different. Different patients, different days, different whatever. Uh, I get great stories because people do the dumbest stuff. People are so dumb. 
but then I and but well, there's more than one best thing. But I also like you kind of get to see people on the worst day of their life and be like a, a, a nice part of that, which is nice because yeah. you know, no one comes to ED for a happy time. No one no. goes. I'm having a great day. I'm going to go to the emergency. You just tell the ED nurses that it's really wonderful. It is. Well, it's it's yeah. And then the worst part is I don't know. People. The worst part is dealing with drugs and alcohol. Yeah aggression and and abuse from there's a lot of very drug affected people who come in there's often we have about i think the most i've ever had is 18 police officers in the department with multiple different patients bringing in people who are being aggressive or whatever and pretty much all of them are high and then like the community is unsafe because all the police are here <laughs> but a lot of the criminals are also here yeah and that's it's fine it's just it's sort of it's not great to be like called names all the time by aggressive yeah. people. Like, oh, yeah, because they're like, yeah. you're like, oh, they're a risk to others or they're a risk to themselves. So yes. they either end up, like they go to ED for a while, but you can't stay there in the hospital. No. and yet they Or you do. go to prison. Yeah, they stay there for a very long time because there's no mental health beds anywhere in the state. So the, no. I think the longest I've had a patient there is like 84 hours in a tiny room just waiting for a mental health bed. Oh, my gosh. It's not great. It's a really horrible no, system. Like, of all the places to be when you're, like, paranoid and not doing well, it's not a great place. Yeah. So that sucks because that's also just people are not getting the care they require. I don't no. Because like I actually like to do my job well. Yeah, you're like, I want to provide you something, but there's nothing and really here. And people tend to find uh, mental health issues really, like, people don't know what to do about them so a lot of staff kind of just avoid mental health patients i find like they they give them once they're like medically cleared but not necessarily psychiatrically cleared they kind of just avoid them because like i don't have to do your blood pressure i don't have to do anything because you're medically cleared you just have to have a mental health assessment so i think they kind of just go just like leave you on your own leave you alone yeah and that's that's really sucky like there's i think because there's no halfway houses or like any of those kind of transitional stuff there's no it's just not really good mental health care. So it's hard because either people are like in ED for a little bit mm. or they come back out or like long term I found people who were like homeless often, mm. like I talked to guys in groups who were like, well, then it would get cold and I would just go steal some stuff so I could yeah. go to prison for a bit. Yeah. And prison effectively becomes a mental health facility. Yeah, sure. But they're not yeah. cut out for that either. They're like, we just want to focus on what's going to stop you reoffending. But it's just it's horrible. It's very broken. All the silos. Yeah. If I get you that, that sucks. Yeah, well, yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's, I think I, I always tell the babies, like all the baby nurses that start, that, like, you're not going to make them kill themselves by asking if they're feeling suicidal. Like, it's not like, that's oh, what they gosh, came... she mentioned it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it now. Yeah, that's what they came here to talk about you. She's been thinking about it this whole time. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're not going to be the tipping point that no. makes them kill themselves. I'm like, they've come to hospital yeah. because they don't want to kill themselves. Exactly. Like, like, yeah. I mean, I do understand, and I've been doing it a long time, though, so it, it, I forget how confronting it is to see people, like, you know, to hold someone down and chemically sedate them. It's very confronting. Yeah. And I do, you, I, sometimes when I talk to brand new nurses, I go, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot how, like, abnormal this is. This is really unusual. Like, yeah. Because all these, like, veteran nurses who are all, like, trauma bonded together. Theme. We do this every day. Yeah. yeah, it's a weird, it's a very yeah. weird job, but I love it. I know. It's, isn't it funny? You're like, yeah, this is terrible and wonderful. Yeah. 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 So, and also part-time, which helps. I think if I was full-time, I would enjoy it less. Part-time helps because it means I can enjoy my job, go home, and know if not not every day I work, I'm back the next day. Like, often I have separate days. You've got time to process. Like, yes. I found I enjoyed my days at the prisons more yeah. when I was part-time. For sure. Whereas if you're stuck in it all the time, you, you're just feeling with a very small proportion of society yeah. all the time. Yeah. And you 
start to make decisions about how the world is based on that small proportion. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. when I came in, I saw way too much like stuff go wrong, and I was like, oh my. Yeah. This is a very skewed sample. This is this is where people come with problems. Yeah. I should, yeah. But that's your sample, and that's your work day. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. That's your sample size. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Alas. Alas, alack. Mm. Tell me. Yeah. What would you recommend? What are a few of your favourite books, TV shows, podcasts, things that are like? Oh, I have two podcasts. I actually really love podcasts. I listened to one for a long time called the Elisa Childers podcast. Elisa Childers was in a... Oh, yes, she was on the Gospel Coalition. Yeah, so she used to be a singer in like the 90s, 2000s. In yeah. A girl, I think it was called like Zoe Girl or something. It was like a Christian girl band basically mm-hmm. when Christians were like, the world likes girl bands, we're going to make a Christian one. She had a period of real faith crisis, sort of did a bit of detransition. So it was called de- Deconstructing, sorry. Yes. And then has rebuilt her faith and is now an apologist. Yeah, I've read some of her articles. So, like, she she has a podcast. She does. It's called the Elisa Childers Podcast, and it's specifically about combating theologies in the progressive Christian movement. But it's also, like, they had one the other day that was about the five top archaeological finds that have proven stuff in the bible like so really interesting yeah. stuff i love and that's so cool it's, it's so and she, she interviews a different person every time and they're all experts and things that's really i love that and then another one that i actually got off that podcast because she interviewed the person on her podcast is called verity podcast and the person who runs it is has a ridiculous name her name is oh. felicia masonheimer <laughs> yes because she sent me that one <laughs> She's so good, but her name is so dumb. Oh, I'm um, sorry for her. Like, that's probably why she's an apologist, because she started out defending her name. So true. And uh, maybe she had a really normal maiden name, but anyway. So her podcast is called Verity Podcast. Her ministry in general is called Every Woman a Theologian. It's so good. Really? Because her whole thing, which is a thing that has bothered me my whole Christian life, is... Oh, you're God's beloved, like, princess. You're, like, oh, like every woman's ministry thing is just about you, like, being beautiful, like, <laughs> God's special daughter. And you're, like, which is true. But I was, like, I'm also just a person. Like, I want to learn theology and, like, yeah. learn about, like, intellectual academic stuff as well. Why does like, I'm a person about, with a brain. There's more things to women than Proverbs 31. <laughs> there's a whole other yeah, Bible. Yes. And that's what her first book is called, which I haven't read, but I want to read. It's called Stop Calling Me Beautiful, which I was, like, Ooh. yes. And then, but oh, she's got an Instagram page that's called Felicia Masonheimer. And then the Verity podcast, but it's so good. And it's really, she's broadened my horizons on a lot of theological things that I was like, yeah, it's really good. That is so cool. Mm. Now, because you sent me this link ages ago, and yes. I remember looking at it, and then I was just overwhelmed about like where to start. I was like, it all looks good, and I can't yes. pick one. And then I got overwhelmed, and then I didn't do anything. She has a series that I like the most, which was Five Takes on Communion, in terms of like, Anglican, Catholic, Orthodox, like so different yeah. people's take, and they're like five. So she's got a couple of those, like five takes on that, and us, because I, I just didn't know. Yeah. Like, so I don't know how other people do stuff because I've yeah. grown up in the same church tradition my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. So I really like those. That's oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. She's good. I'm like Elisa Childers. Mm. What would be? Where should I start with her? Well, I loved the archaeology episode. So that was that's only like three episodes ago that would be if you click on it it will be up the top but it's like five of the top archaeological yeah did you know that before 1961 no one like people didn't think Pilate was a real historical person what didn't know this so they they didn't know so even like christians in the 50s and 40s and previously there was no historical evidence at all for Pilate being an actual person and then they found in a dig like 
a ring and something else that actually says Pontius Pilate on it. Oh, my gosh. It's like this, and this is the stuff. When you're like, can you imagine if you were in the 60s and you'd be like, oh, well, you know, we believe the Bible and stuff, and then people are like, no, well, there's no evidence for this guy, so he doesn't exist. And then they find this thing and everyone's like, oh, I told you. But you just go, that would be so encouraging. To yeah. Be like, oh, cool, like I have this faith, but like there's stuff that proves it. It does, yeah, like it's a reasonable faith. It's mm. like Christians used to think that the world was round, you know, mm. because like, what is that person saying? psalms like the lord sits enthroned above the circle of the earth yes yeah, yeah. but then when the world you know they thought the world was flat mm. so imagine yeah you mm. finding that out and you'd yeah. be like yeah that's like, so good but i literally just read the titles of hers and i just go through whatever i'm like there's a lot of stuff of people that have deconstructed i hate this word but like deconstructed their faith and have yeah. then come back to faith like a, a orthodox faith because there's a lot of stories about people who were like deconstructed and then never came back or, you know, yeah. now like, they've kind of gone completely yeah. deconverted. I think, and because and Elisa Childers is also, she's a little bit older than me, but like similar generation. Of mm. So she was like, she'd be probably 10 years older than me, but like was a young person when I was probably in primary school in that like yeah. 90s purity culture era, which was a weird time. So she grew up, yeah. And I think because yeah. like, yeah, growing up in the church is really mm. different. Yes. Yeah. Like I kind of was coming in at 18 when a lot of people were yes. leaving. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I started listening to the history of Rome, which you sent me, which is fascinating. How great is so he? Good. Oh, it's so and good. Only twelve minutes long. Yes, so and like good. he tells it like a story where you're like, oh, "What is happening?" And like this, this is, it's he does it in a way that you're like, "This is not boring." Like the yeah. Roman history is fascinating. Uh, yeah, well, absolutely. And they're crazy, like parts of it. They're insane. The other ones that I totally forgot about. Um, exploring my strange Bible by Tim Mackey. Have you the Bible Project yes, guy? Amazing. He has a series. If you want to start somewhere, start with a series on Jonah. There's five episodes. I love Jonah. And it is a revelation. Stuff that I was like, because he's such a Greek and Hebrew scholar, mm. stuff that you're like, I would never get that from the text without knowing the origin. Because like, there's so many jokes in the book of Jonah that he's like, you're meant to laugh when you do that. But because it's in English, it just doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't hit. vibe. It doesn't hit right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love that whole podcast. That's amazing. Oh. And then. Oh, Risen Motherhood's good. Yeah, I listened to, like, I pretty much listened to all their back episodes, like, I, yeah. after I had Henry, so it was a kind of a good foundation for me. I, like, I don't I listen to as much. Annoying. They talk a lot. And then one I don't listen to anymore, but they're fabulous if you're pregnant or wanting to be pregnant, is The Birth Hour and their oh. Australian Birth Stories. Downloading a bunch of episodes it's of Australian Birth good. Stories, but then never listened to them. The Birth Hour is better. Yeah. I just think it's done better, but yeah. Australian Birth Stories is obviously in the context of the Australian medical system, so you kind of, yeah, that's there's some nice. stuff that's very distinctly American. But I loved that when I was pregnant, especially if you sort of yeah. wanted to, like, listen to episodes or listen to stories of stuff you wanted in terms of the birth you wanted, you can pick and choose because it's very mm. descriptive of, like, what the title is. And if you want to avoid really traumatic stories, then you can as well. That's nice. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I probably have other ones, but that's enough. No, that's really cool. I like I like those, though, the ones that you've got. Like, I, I'm halfway through a book. So Margaret Greaves donated it to the yeah. bookstall, mm. but she got it from Michelle Spencer. Mm. It's called Truth on Fire oh. by Adam Ramsey, and it's just brilliant. Like it goes through, it covers similar ground to like Jen Wilkins' book where it's. The Woman of the Word, that one? Woman of the Word is like how to read the Bible for yourself. Mm. But she wrote one called None Like Him, and it goes so like 10 ways that God is not like us and why that's a good thing. So it's like his incommunicable attributes, like stuff that God is like and we're not. You can't have that one. Yeah, you can't mm. have that one. I don't want to be omnipresent. That sounds bad. But what's great is this guy covers similar ground, but then he goes through like this is the way God is, this is the way Jesus is, and then 
the Holy Spirit. But then he's like, this is how, if you really believed this, like if you had this doctrine change your life, this is what it would look like. And he goes through like sometimes like Christians or history or like missionary stories. And it's just, it's not a long book. He's an Australian guy, but it's fascinating because he reckons he grew up in like a Pentecostal tradition. Mm. So he's like, it was very passionate. He's like, but then he reckons he got into all the dead white guys and read those books and he's like but then i became very proud and he's he was at mars hill as a pastor for a while yeah and he's like i did these both extremes i know that name adam ramsey then yes yeah and then so he really kind of was like how do i have both like how do i like worship god to let my heart sings like yes just a really well thought out book and it's not long i've actually been thinking about like since you sent me these questions for the podcast i was like because i think there's a real thing with young people who grew up in like grew up in the church is that like there was a bit of a thing of like people you you get a bit jealous of people who have a really like dramatic conversion Mm. like you know the drug addict or the whatever and then they had this like this you know road to Emmaus or not road um, road to Damascus moment and Mm. like and God like lightning bolt into their life and they were changed forever and so then I think yeah because a lot of young you know a lot of people who grew up in a Christian home are like you know have boring testimonies and I think I was thinking about I was like when you become a Christian later in life, or at least, you know, past teenagers, you're like, you have to learn how to become a Christian. Whereas, like, when you grew up in the church, you have to unlearn so many things that you learned as a kid. Like, yeah. so well, many you're like, things. is this biblical or is this yes. just someone's is opinion? Is this just a tradition that I've grown up in or is this actually, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of, I and I've recently thought as well, I was talking to Tabitha, who was on before about this, about I used to be very firm about I wanted my kids to sit in church. Because there was a thing and, like, it was the group I was in, it was the thing, and I was like, no, I want them to sit still, I want them to be able to sit in church and, and listen. And then I was like, I was thinking about it recently about there are so many times when I sat in church as a kid and went to, like, conferences and stuff and the things that I took into my brain that are set in there are wrong mm. and they're stuck there. And they're, like, I have a very specific story about I went to, the, I don't know if you know the Keswick Convention is, Keswick? Vaguely. Anyway. Was that John Stott? No. No, it's in Wattlegrove. It's been, oh, it's yes, yes, the time. convention centre. Um, yeah, yeah. The, I think at the it, campground. Um, so it was at the campground? Yeah, so they every six months they do it. and then oh, I have no idea. Quite, it's quite, like, theologically deep teaching. It's not mm. It's not a evangelistic thing at all. It's very much like feeding the flock. Yeah. And there was a past, uh, like, of the speaker there, and he was talking about, I do not remember the sermon at all apart from this, and he was talking about Hezekiah, and you know how Hezekiah prayed for his life to be lo- lengthened and yeah. so he wouldn't die, and God gave him 15 more years. His son was, like, evil and killed him or whatever. Like, And it, basically what I took from that is be careful what you wish for, like, which is not what God is like. No. But I am always kind of waiting for the, I'm like, I'm too happy. Where's like, when's the other shoe going to drop? Like yeah. God's going to teach me something by taking away what I want. Yeah. Like I prayed for want. this thing yes. and then he like will like, fulfill well, this. You and asked it. for it. And you're like, these are the stuff where I was like, sometimes maybe kids like, and you know, that's either way or the other, but I was like, it's not the be all and end all to have kids that sit in church quietly. Like that's great. But I was like, mm. I'm actually okay with them going out and having age appropriate content. Yeah. Because I, and yeah, I was sort of almost like, I wasn't ashamed, but I was like, oh man, I wish my kids were like a bit better at, you know, I wanted them to be quiet and sit still and sit in in church and like, you know, and you go, maybe not. Yeah. Like, but you're like, what would I achieve at the end of this? You're like, well, I would look good that my kids sit there quietly and not, I have done the like good Christian parenting thing, but you're like, actually in the long run, where would they learn better? Like, yes. And I think, I mean, I think both can be fine both right I think it was just a reflection I had of like there's a lot of stuff that I 
took in as a child, you know, and it depends. Sometimes you hear stuff and nothing happens, but like something's really stuck in there. Yeah. And I'm not really true. And I don't even think that was the point of the sermon. It's just what the bit that's stuck in there. <laughs> Like I remember when I, we didn't want, my husband, we have three kids. My husband didn't want, well, he was sort of unsure having a third and I was yeah. like, no, no, someone's missing. We need to have another kid. And then, so I, like, I really, I really wanted Shelby, our third. And then when I fell pregnant, it wasn't strictly intentional. I mean, we know how it works. But, yeah. you know. And then I was like, she's going to be stillborn. Because, but then I was be like, just like I really wanted this thing and I was like God will like give me what I asked for but in like the meanest way possible which is crazy so it's not it's not what God is like because you know that thing that's like you know what what father when his son asked for bread will give him a stone or a snake yeah but these are the things that like the fallback the fallback neural yeah. pathways yeah like well this is the like my thought, thought path has always yes. gone this way and you're like well it's it's like that it's bad to ask God for what I really want. Yes. Because, you know, he will be mad that I didn't ask for the thing that I should have asked for. Mm. Yes. Yeah, that would be really hard. It is. Like it's if that, yeah. Very, the, 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 the growth that I see that is vaguely positive is that I can identify when I have a strong view of God in a situation. It's hard to change it, but I was like, I know that that's not what God is actually like. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. So these, this, I'm like, oh, it sounds good to have grown up in a non-Christian home. I know it's not. I know it's just that grass is greener thing, but you're like, man, feels like you'd be like real certain and like you'd, you know, <laughs> I know it's not true, but it just, oh, like, no. like, oh, it just, it just feels like the light, the, the like night and dayness of not be, really not being a Christian and then becoming a Christian would be so much like, Oh, I'm really sure. I have no doubt. No, but like, isn't it so funny? Like, yeah, yeah. Because like, you go into it and you're like, like I read the Gospel of Luke in a Bible study for like two years, and I remember leaving school and being like, I think this is true. Like, I think I'm a Christian, but then like, you know, I went to a church, but then everyone did tongues, so then I was scared and I would like ran away. Yeah. And then I went to a Baptist church where I was like, they went confronting to be your first experience. <laughs> first experience of church. I was terrified. I said to my friend, like, do you know what they're saying? And she was like, No, I'm just doing it because everyone else is doing it. That's bad policy. I know it's a lot of problems, but I was like, I think I said that people would think that you're mad. Like, yeah. So I kind of was like, okay, so I went to a Baptist church where I didn't know anyone. But I did meet Michelle Christie there. The point of this is that like I was still there for a few years and then I was like nah I just like to unknow everything I know I don't want to do this like maybe I'll just go off and date some people and just do what I want to do and then I couldn't unknow what I knew and then it just made the the thing I wanted just made me miserable (laughs) it was like why don't you go to a different church and I was like with your logic yeah and like that's how I ended up at Providence but like the same thing where you had to really lean into like okay I know this is true but I also have to really lean into like what is actually true and how does this makes sense and how does this impact my life and it sounds like you're the same we are like actually i need to really look at this bible oh cool this is going to be like a lifelong thing yeah this is going to take longer than i thought it's harder than i thought this is one of my favorite things about c.s lewis is that like this quite exactly but he's like he was literally like brought kicking stream kicking and screaming into the kingdom of god yes he actually like researched he's like oh yeah all right it's true all right Oh, this isn't that quote where he's like, so, I always knew a glass of port and a book would make me happy. I'm like, like, I didn't come to Christianity to make me feel better. <laughs> no. Oh, it doesn't. Yeah. This is the thing, though. I feel like Christianity is very misrepresented because I was like, it's simple, but it's not easy. No. And so I feel like it's represented 
Just make this decision and then even if life is hard, you'll be peaceful all the time, which is no. not true. But it's kind of how it's presented because I feel like the like evangel- evangelism part of it is just like just get people over the line. Get them over the line. Pray that's not in the Bible. Get them over the line and then we kick them in the, you know, you write that date in your Bible and you tick it off and then we're good. You're good forever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You yeah. pick the box. Like, you know, you can go on living the way you've been living and you're yeah. like, but that's not no. how it is. There's like yeah. discipleship and mm-hmm. sanctification and those big words that hurt. Yeah, it's really complicated yeah. and I don't like it being represented like it's not. I actually have a phase where like I learned, you know, you heard of Tulip from Calvinism, like the total depravity, undeserved favour, whatever Yes, because means. someone gave me John Calvin after I first became a Christian. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> and then I got I was like, it's real bleak. I was like, so got, I was like, mm. well, so I got in based on like grace, but now mm. I've got does God know every bad thing that I'm ever going to do? And like, maybe I didn't really love God, and like, yeah. it was a bleak time. But I don't really understand my Bible, so then I had to put that down and then read my Bible. I literally thought at one point I was like, maybe I'm just not elected. Maybe I'm not on the team, and I'm just fighting a losing battle. That's what I thought. Yeah, I was like, like, maybe I'm not picked. Maybe it's like a mistake that like I know about it. But God's like, no, and I didn't pick you. I didn't pick like, you. you. You found out about this by accident. Just, just give it up. Just like, stop trying. Picked. This is why you can't yes. like live this Christian life. Yes. Just... You suck at this so much because you're not picked. Because you're not picked. It would be easier if you were just elect. Yes. Yeah. That would be fine. Mm-hmm. I feel like we ended up in the yes. same pit. <laughs> that was a horrible, horrible place. Bad time. Yeah, it was still honest, bleak. It's still like, yeah. And then I tried I'm not, not to be a Christian. No, I tried not like... to be a Christian very hard for a while. And then I was like, oh, right. I kind of know what I know because it's true it's... and I wanted to keep eating the steak. <laughs> but it's so great. I want to take the red pill. Yeah. Oh, no, I do, I know. Yeah. 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 I didn't make this week feel better. No. That's great. Is there any other books that have stuck with you? Not Christian books. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, tell me just actually like good books. Oh, I like classics. I love yes. my favorite book is To Kill a Mockingbird. And I like Lord of Flies. Yeah. Very bleak. But they are, but good. Um, I am a big fan of depressing myself with literature. <laughs> Did you ever read The Grapes of Wrath? That is. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. that was like so bleak. Chill. Mm. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Yes. Another good book, actually, I read. I'm part of a book club because I'm an adult woman. Why have you ever been part of a book club? It's fun. Like it's only sure. seasonal. And so we only do four books a year. Oh, so nice. Because like, everyone's a mum and we're like, I can't do one book a month. It's ridiculous. No. <laughs> Truly once a season and we just go to someone's house and have dinner. That's so nice. But we read a book in that called A, um, a Change of Affection. Which was I think it's, yeah, Becca Cook. Sorry. I read good. him on The Gospel Coalition, but I haven't it's actually fabulous. read the book. The book is very good. I just and read. it's very good to, like, help you navigate dealing with, like, friends and family who are gay. Yeah. Um, Because, obviously, it's a bit of a bit of a difficult thing to deal with at the moment. Which you mm. kind of, yeah. Yeah. And he's also just funny. He's a good writer. It's a, oh, and a short. Good. That's not funny. Books are good. I read, I, I'm read. i just a fan of people who write short books. Yes. I'm like, because you, you can't dance around a point. Like, you actually clearly know what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Like, you can hide Land in the waffle. Flames. Yes. Yeah. I also, I love Harry Potter. It's always like tiny I love it so much. I, love it. I have all the audiobooks and I can't listen to it because I don't want my kids listening to it. But... Oh, it's so good. She's such a genius. Oh, I like the freaking, like the. Oh, Did you read her other, like, her other books as well? No. No. She's written another she series. Read. No, 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 no. She's written a whole other series no, of um, the Cormoran Strike books. I want to. Are they no. 
They're amazing. They're like, if you like detectives, so they're detective novels, but they have like this will they, won't they between the two detectives. Like romance, it's like a slow burn over the books. And it's just, it's so sweet because like in a time where everything else is crazy, it's the thing that these two, what draws these two detectives together is that they both really care about the truth and they both like really admire the other one. And so I know, and there's like something really sweet about it. Yeah. Okay. So. I think she's a but the, so. but the Oh, my goodness, the mysteries. They're like Harry Potter where everything is just so well plotted and you're like, was in the last book that was referenced in the first book. You're like, she planned that. She's a genius. She, mm, so good. Yes. I love it. I, I love and it. I, I, it annoys me that Christians are like, Narnia and Tolkien are okay because they were Christians, but Harry Potter's not. Have you not heard this? Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. Like, also don't understand. I'm like, but I knew people growing up, like when I was like, yeah, when I was like not a Christian, but their parents like wouldn't let them read Harry Potter, and I'm like, yes, well, it's a big because thing. Of the people witch- thought that she was in league with the devil. There was like what? a real thing in Christian circles that like she was in cahoots with Satan, and he gave her the plot because it was too intricate. It was too well. How, how could she possibly have come up with all this stuff like what? Quidditch and and all these different words and all this? Yeah, it was a thing. Christians are very scared of lots of things. Wow. Yeah, it was yeah. full on. It was full on. And except when the Matrix came out, they're like, it's like Jesus. We can do all the Bible studies on the Matrix. But Harry Potter is no go because of witchcraft. Which I mean, I do also get. Because you're like, there is like real stuff in the Bible about like, please don't do witchcraft. It's real yeah. bad. Mediums and sorcery and whatnot. Yeah, they're like, don't do that. It's really fascinating. But I'm like, but it's an allegory. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, I'm just using big words. I'm not sure. It's fine. Just think, I don't know. Oh, I like good good stories. It's Pilgrim's Progress. Very good book. I recently, Laura Marlowe. Laura Marlowe lent me the children's version. And it was so good. It's so good. It's very heavy sometimes, but it's very good. When ignorance gets to the gate and he doesn't have his note, he doesn't have his scroll because he didn't go past Mm -hmm. the cross and he can't go through them. It's very sad. Yeah. I tried to read, but it's very good. I had the original. Someone gave me the original and it's too hard to read. But the children's version was really good for me. There is a modernized version of the proper book because, yeah, the, the like 16th. 16th century one is like lots of these and thousand dots. It's just hard. You have it's to reread lot. the sentence multiple times. I just don't. I don't need to get a job. Be better. Bunyan is a hilarious last name. I'm not a massive reader. I used to read more before I had children, but now I have children. And I've, I've forced to read books for the book club. That's all I got. Yeah, I just read at the expense of other things. But it's just like my one thing that I really like to do. That's why I like podcasts. Podcasts. Because yeah, I, I like listening and then I can do stuff. I yeah, I, like I use them to clean my house. Yeah. 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 Now, you actually do like to cook. What do you cook that everyone asks you for the recipe? Or your number, or be your number one fallback save the day recipe wow. that everyone eats because I need those too. I don't have any of those. My children are incredibly picky. They have buttheads. I don't like to cook the same thing twice. And I'm also very unorganized. So I decide what I'm going to eat for dinner the day I eat it. Ooh. It's bad. That's, go to the shop every day? It's bad for the budget. But yeah, I do go to the shops most days. Yes. I like to cook Asian food. I've told you. Me too. Marianne's Kitchen. Marianne yes, I have. Is a freaking I have like I have her Asia Express. I cook from that she's pretty amazing. frequently. I love her. Her website, and like I follow her on Instagram because then you sort of just get. But so much of it is really easy, and there's yes. all the ingredients are really accessible now because Coles have all that Asian stuff. Yeah, and, stuff. and especially if you just now, I just have most of that stuff. Mm. I'm like, okay, well, I like to cook Asian and I like Italian. Yes. And sometimes Mexican. Her laksa recipe is really good, and I've made that for a few people. But what I do do is my children and my husband and I don't eat together. So I feed the kids because my husband doesn't get home till like 6 o'clock and my children go to bed at 7 o'clock. So I feed same, them same. before he gets home uh-huh. and then they're showered and ready to have a bit of time with Dad when he gets home. Otherwise, if 
Because we tried to do the family meal thing. Yeah. And he doesn't want to eat as soon as he walks in the door. Yeah. Because that's full on. Yeah. And then the kids are, do I shower them and then they eat spaghetti and get dirty? Or do I, like, so we just, later on, we will try and do the family dinner thing. Yeah. But I feed them food they will eat at like four o'clock because that's when they're also hungry because they're hungry after school. Yeah. If I try and eat them at 5.30, they're like, I'm hungry, which is annoying. So I feed them their own food and then I make whatever we want. So we get to eat yeah. nice food all the time because like my jaw is legitimately make, dropping where I'm just like to make nonsense. I could make my children eat last earlier. Night, last night for dinner, my children had two sausage rolls, like mini sausage rolls, carrot sticks and three pieces of spinach. <laughs> that's what they had. And Dan and I, oh no, he they eat it happily. Yeah, well, sort of. And then we can have a curry or something or whatever because yeah. I can make it as spicy as I want. Yeah, as, like flavorful as I want because my children do not like things that have flavor. Yeah, my kids will mostly if they don't want to eat the curry or whatever thing that I have made, which sometimes it's I just make what I want to eat. They'll just eat the rice. And sometimes they'll pull a piece of chicken out, or they'll just put tomato sauce on the rice, or they'll eat a bit of like the bread for the wrap. But I'm like. Mm. Kind of like, well, I'll just keep eating it, and they're like, eventually, they do eat some of what we eat. Yeah, but I do like this idea of. So that's the thing. I kind of am like, it depends on what you care about more. I don't care about. I would. I care more about my kids eating and knowing they've eaten, mm. and making them eat what I make. A lot yeah. of people are very much like, no, you have to have what. Like someone made this for you, you have to eat it. And I'm like, to a certain point, I was like, you have to try it. Mm. But I'm not going to force you to eat something because Dan. No, I don't force my kids to eat it. I'm just like, oh, like you can pick something from yeah. this. There's something here yeah. that you can eat. But I do, yeah. Part of me is like, oh, it's nice to all eat together. But then the other part of me is like, I they do go to bed at seven, and that gets in at six. Genuinely unpleasant to all eat together, though. I was like, there's a picture in your in my head of what it should be like mm. but because we because our kids don't like to eat it's literally just us making them eat or like <laughs> eat like this is yeah. food you like just eat it so i'd like i'd rather do that at four o'clock and then have a nice peaceful dinner with my husband at yeah seven. and that's your time which and like yeah because it just at, later on sure but right now no that's genius is that like your hack is that like well, your is that your game changer? Because that is no, it's just how it worked. I didn't do it intentionally. It's just that's just, no. I'm like that's a game changer for me. I'm like yeah, I could do that. Well, I think I've also just realised the longer I've been a parent, you're like no one's checking up on me. I can actually do what I want. I don't have to all sit around because no one's yeah. going to be like, are all five of you sitting down and having a happy happy time? Are you in like? Are you? Like, is everyone eating like a flavourful meal at dinner time? Nobody cares. Like, we can emotionally connect in other ways. I don't have to have yeah. five of us around the dinner table for us to be a functional family. It's fine. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. We like, I can just forever. pick in. Yeah, you're like. Diamonds. <laughs> like, this works <laughs> for this season. I'm like. Yeah. Oh. It makes everyone happy. You're like, well. Yeah. If it yeah. makes you happy, it can't be that bad. All right. But do actually tell me, what are your current game changes? So, like, it might be a habit, a product, a hack, or a reframe. Because the way you look at a situation. That's such a good question. Thank you. I'm pretty I talented. Mean, a, yes. And humble. Yes. That's one of them. This is so dumb. But, well, like, I'm very, from coming from a Christian standpoint, I'm cautious for this to be taken the right way. But I've recently, so I've had. I do. Yeah, I know. I've had three kids, you know, and my body reflects that. I'm a bit fatter than I'd like to be. Hey, whatever. It is what it is. But as women, I feel like that takes up a lot of mental space. Yeah. And a lot of like, I had like, a lot of people ask me if I'm pregnant. I ended up buying a badge at one point that said not pregnant, just fat. It was so oh helpful gosh. though. Oh and there's so many people like, haha, that's funny. And I'm like, I know you read it and we're going to ask and now you won't. So it actually worked. But anyway. And so I've recently just decided that I'm hot because I say so. I like, like that. I'm hot. Yeah. It's fine. I'm fine as hell. 
Yeah. And you know, like, and I'm going to act accordingly. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's like, very helpful because it also just frees up your mind to be like, no, no, I'm hot and it's fine. And I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about it. I'm freaking hot. Don't worry about it. Like, and like confidence is attractive. It's fine. I'm hot. But it is. You're like, do we have to do this? No. Do we no. have to do this whole thing where like, yeah, the designing and the thinking and the mental space and whatever. And you also don't have to like forget about it. You can just decide that you're attractive. Yeah. I've decided. Well, I love. I've decided because I say so. Yeah. I'm smoking hot. And uh, yep. Feel like. And I'm gonna wear what I what I like and what feels good and what fits. And uh, yep. And then I'm gonna think about other stuff. I like that. Yeah. I like that it so very, much. It sounds so stupid, but it was genuinely very helpful. No, I legitimately yeah, like. I'm like, like, it's just great. You're like, I don't have to think about this thing no. if I don't want to. Then no one's there, like, again, coming to your coming to your brain, knocking and being like, did you think about this thing today? Did you I think about your weight? Did you think about like what you're eating? No, did you? I did think about how freaking hot I am. Because I'm, I'm hot. I'm hot. I'm hot. So like, I refuse yes. to have a set of scales in my house. No, like, no flat out. Just I'm like, I don't need to know that. No, I don't need to know that. It's in my not need to know folder. Yeah, I don't have to. You don't need to know. Yeah. The only people's way to need to know is my children for medication. That is it. Yeah. And sometimes we're going to overdose them on purpose. I don't have any hacks because I don't have a great handle on like the functionality of my life. My other one. That oh, you have two whiteboards. I do have. And you feed your feed your children at four pm, which is just blowing my mind. Mike, I could I could eat some. I don't want to eat at four pm. No, you don't. You no, who wants to eat at four pm? That's or five pm. Eat or even six pm. I would. If the sun's yeah. up, I don't want to eat dinner. No, that is not dinner time. Um, but the, no, the other thing that I thought of to this question is that you know the love languages. Yes. Which, to be honest, there's debate as to whether how real they are, but it doesn't actually matter because. It, if it means that you're like thinking about how you should love your spouse, fine. Yeah, you're like he might receive love in a different way exactly. to the way that I get it, and maybe I should like think about it. Yeah, fine. So I primarily am words of affirmation. Mm. Love a compliment. You're great. Um, but I'm terrible at receiving them, which is so funny. Mm. And my husband is not a not not a chat. Well, he's kind of a chatty person, but like it's not his go-to. Mm. He wouldn't think. And so we've been married for ten years, so it's been a while. But. Early on, I'd be like, well, just like, why won't you like tell me nice stuff? Why won't you? And because it's just not his, like, it's not his natural bent to do no, that. Yeah. And so I just started asking, which sounds dumb. And it's it's also like, it's no, not no, really, it's like, it's not romantic. Well, it, it is, but it's not that thing of like in, in a book, you, it, it would, it's not how it would go. But you're yeah. Like, I literally would just go, can you just tell me something nice? Like, not in a, like, yeah. Not in a annoyed way of like, oh, like you never say anything nice to yeah. me, and then and then he does, and he'll tell me something nice, and like <laughs> sometimes they're they're not they're not great because it's just it's not his thing, but he tries. Yeah, sometimes you just have to ask for stuff. But I think like and it, that has been yes. a game changer. Like yeah, and it doesn't sound romantic though because you think I want you want your partner to know what you want and to fulfill your needs without asking. But he's not That's a mind not reader. <laughs> he's not going to read my mind. But I'm like, if I actually ask him for what I want, yes, and then he doesn't do it, and he's like, I would never do that. Then I have a reason to be upset. Yes, exactly. But most stuff, I'm like, no, he's not going to think about it. But if I'm like, hey, can you help me out by doing this thing? Exactly. When I ask nicely. Most of the time, I'm like, I might as well do it. And then I'm like, oh, that's really lovely because you did that thing. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And that is helpful. And I've yeah. also, and getting, doing that and then just getting over the fact that, like, this is not his, he doesn't have a natural proc- proclivity to do this. So yeah. I need to prompt him to do it. Otherwise, I'm just going to get annoyed that he's not. Yeah. Which is also and like, which is fine. Which is also okay, like, you're not trying to change yourself. You're not like, well, I don't want to be a person who, like, doesn't need words. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or, like, twisting yourself to be like, 
Mm. I'm fine with not getting them. Yes. Yes. Exactly. That's all I need. Communication. Who knew? Turns out it's the key to all relationships. Yeah, that is my other life hack. Mm. I read this book. Did you ever read with the Gottmans? And they, this dude studied marriage for like 40 years, him and his wife. And they would put. I hope he's married. (laughs) It was so great. And he. Studied people who, like, he eventually could predict, like, who is going to get divorced so with something like a 97% accuracy. And the way that he did it. depressing. It was like, right, he'd get people into a room, couples, and make them argue. And then how he predicted it, one of them was, like, the expression of contempt on the wife's face. Oh, yes. Yeah. Ew. And, like, what he said was fascinating because people would be like, oh, you need to communicate. The way that people will improve their marriages is, like, communication is a be-all and end-all. And mm-hmm. he was like, well, some of the most successful marriages are people who actually don't solve all of their issues. He's mm. like, marrying someone is picking a set of problems. Yes. So it's like it's like a trick knee. You're like, this is always going to be trouble for us. Mm. I'm not going to change this person, but I can have a good sense of humor about how yes. it works. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So I like that. And my, I am very aware that my husband, I was like the cyclone. He's like the eye of the storm. You know, that like he's just very his his our last name is Steadman and so he's always he's been called steady his whole life. He's like he's a very steady person. It's not related. Like it's not why he gets called that. But he really, he's just very like peaceful and he's like yeah. the same person he's very constant. Like he's the same person in public as he is in private. And like he also really overlooks a lot of very annoying things that I do. And I was like, and I know you overlook that and I appreciate it. Because <laughs> Like, I know this annoys you and you don't, like, aren't mean to me about it and I appreciate that. Yeah. And because, yeah, and it goes both ways. That's what I feel about that. Yes. I'm like, he is like a calm bubble yes. and, like, he's not critical. And I'm like, you mm. legitimately be really annoyed at me for lots of the dumb mm. things that I do and say. Yes. He doesn't. My husband is the person I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> if that ever happens. No, I'm like, he's just kind. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I could just... Yes. Yeah. 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 It's good though. Peaceful life. Oh, thank God. I'm like, yeah. I, if I was married to someone like me, oh my gosh. Oh, no. Okay. So tell me, what are you doing when you feel most like yourself? Like, this is what I was made to do. I have a few answers to this one too. One of them is listening or making music. So I like at all times, if I'm especially in my car, because the combination of driving fast and also having loud music is magical, mm, especially is. if my children aren't in the car. Mm-hmm. But Dan and I both really like music as well, so we will often just, like, be quiet and listen to music, which is nice. Not as much now that we have many children. But yes, I do really like music, and especially when you like, oh, when you find the right song for the mood you're in, mm, mm. yum, yum, that's sweet. I love that's it. Good. And I do like to make music, as long as it's, yeah. Sometimes church music is not my favorite. But do you like write your own music or songs? Have in the past. I don't have time now. But would it be a thing that like you would pick back up later? Maybe. Do you like? I like. I write. I, I write poetry and stuff. So really? yes. Um, again, not as much. I have a whole. I used to when I was young. I used to have a whole. I still have them. That I used to. You know, I've seen the movie A Walk to Remember? Yeah. Yeah. So you know, she has the book, the quotes book, the book of quotes from her. Yeah. So I started doing that when I saw that movie because I was like, that's a great idea. Mm. And so I like wrote poetry and like would get quotes and stuff. So I have five quotes books of things that I just see. again quotes book when I had fun. Yeah. I look at them sometimes though. Oh yes, I remember you. Yeah, I <laughs> only just I kind of just spent my entire life thinking that poetry was like a very educated grown-up person thing yeah. and I was like not into it because I 
what I had learned of it. But mm. then I started reading oh, Hate Bayer and so Mary Oliver. And then I was really the mode. I can't even say it properly. Mm. And I'm like, this is amazing. Mm. So I started like just having a go. And I feel like actual writing, I feel I'm like, oh, I should be doing better at this or whatever. Like, I mean, I like to write, but mm. I'm like, this just feels fun. I'm like, I, I, I'm like, this is just a fun thing. Just write whatever you want. Yes. Yes, like Freebirds, like this is just fun. Like have you heard of Jackie Hill Perry and and her husband? No, I was going to tell you when you're talking about Beckett Cook. I only just just this weekend read Jagiel Good God. Oh, so good. Her music, like I've been listening to it. It's amazing. And her and her husband are both poets as well, so they do like like Uh like spoken word poetry. They're so they also have a podcast actually called 30 Minutes with the Perrys. Ooh. They're very – my Dan hates listening to them because they are both – he's from Chicago and, like, so they talk – the way they talk just really annoys him. But they're really good because it's both of them. So it's, like, yeah. about marriage but about, like, this stuff. And it's only 30 minutes. They're short, hence the title. To um, her podcast, she did a podcast for the Gospel Coalition with Melissa Kruger and oh, yeah, yeah. Jasmine Holmes. Mm. Yeah. He's amazing. But her book was just, like, lyrical. Like, it was, it was beautiful and, like, theologically oh, sound yeah. but, like – She's amazing. Who's amazing? And she has a new book. Well, I don't know how new it is. I think it's called like Holy, Holy something about. Oh, it's about holier than thou. Yes, yes. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I googled I her yesterday when I. Yes. Ooh, mm, I'm excited. Because mm. I read a book on holiness by R.C. Sproul, and it just oh, blew my mind. Yeah. That was just. That was. There's a podcast of his teaching too. R.C. Sproul. Yeah, that's another. I have so many podcasts. Let's see. Renewing your mind with R.C. Sproul. Mm. The other, yeah, so music is one of them, definitely, especially when I, if I get to like, that's what I used to do when I had small babies. I, it went down, we'd get home, and I was like, I need to leave the house. Once they're in bed, I would just drive around the, st- the streets of Gosnells with my windows down and music really loud. I was like, just like fills your head. Yes, you like, can't think of anything else. And I just, yeah, and I would sing very loudly. That is great. You know, that like, you know, the, you know, you have the real Slim Shady, you know, he's like with his windows down and his system up that. Yes, bad song. Don't listen. So music is one. Then the, the other one I was thinking about was one at work, like when you genuinely get to connect with someone. Like I had a patient the other day. He's got schizophrenia, but he's also paraplegic. He's been a paraplegic for ten years. He's got a horrific pressure sore on his bum, so he basically has oh, no bum. And so he's in and out of hospital all the time because he's he's got mental health issues and stuff. So he's a difficult patient. I just I had time and I went in because he didn't want anyone to dress his wound and I was like look I can, like I can do it and he let me do it and then like I got him a, a new cushion for his wheelchair because obviously his bum hurts because he has no flesh on his bum oh my gosh um yeah. I have a photo of it it's horrific because I had to send it to the wound care nurse and I was like help me it was actually a bit sad how grateful he was and I was like oh that made me feel like good and it's nice it's nice helping people feels good and then also at work when we're in like doesn't happen very often, but in a recess, there's a team. So every mm. every shift, there's four nurses that are allocated to the team, and you have a different role. And then there's doctors as a team leader and stuff. And occasionally, depending on who's on the team, people that you know really well, or the team leaders, like there's a couple of doctors that I know very well. And like sometimes the team just like moves like one organism. <gasps> like you know, it doesn't mean the patient's going to live, but like it's yeah. it feels good to be like it's good. It's a good feeling. Yeah, you're like you're all part of this one thing and you're completely focused. It's like driving in your car with the music, you're like Yeah. It's good. Yeah. There's nothing else. There's no other thought. You're like, we're doing this, we're all one. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't it yeah, it doesn't happen very often because we get so many new staff all the time. But like sometimes it's cool. And sometimes you can like 
I have a few doctors that I'm really close with and I pre- know what they want. Like, or, you know, they have preferences and you just like a pre- can preempt and it just makes everything, yeah, it's good. Flow much easier. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good feeling. Mm. And it's interesting now, I think this is like what the fifth interview, but like there's a consistent thing where pe- the thing that people feel most alive is seems to be either something that's really creative. Mm. Like I'm doing this thing that I love doing and I feel like I've been designed to do. Mm. Or I'm really connecting, like I'm yes, really connecting with someone. Yeah, and I'm not doing anything else, but like I'm really understanding you, and like mm. we get each other. Yeah, yeah. My other one for this was was the first thing I thought of was having sex with my husband. It's just like specifically him, obviously. <laughs> I don't know if I'm good at having sex with him. Two notes. <laughs> yeah, because it's just like in God's confines of marriage, like it's the freest you can be. Yeah. Just like, oh, I hate clothes anyway. I actually thought of this the other day. I was like, you know, that verse in Romans, it's like, the wages of sin is death. Mm. It's like, the wages of sin is also clothes. Clothes are the freaking worst. I don't, I don't want to wear them. <laughs> and if it was socially acceptable, I would be nude at all times. Well, you're like, yeah. they so are. Yeah. God was like, this is your fault. Now I've got to kill a sheep, give you some clothes. Yeah. And you've got to explain that to, like, my kids, I have to have a rule. I'm like, you can't be naked at the front. naked all the time. I don't know. I'm like, you can be naked in the house. Out the back, that's fine. But you can't be at the front. Clothes are the worst. Yeah, it's so heavy. The wages of sin are clothes. The wages of sin is clothes. Death also, but clothes too. Yeah. But, yeah. But it's, yeah. And I think also because, I mean, you know, we've we've been married for 10 years, which is a long time, but not, you know, not that long compared to some. And you're like, the the trust that you've built and, like, you can't you can't replicate that. No um, intimacy and and you just like the, the comfortability of being with someone you know and like especially when you know if you a lot of women struggle with self image and stuff especially since I've decided I'm hot it's a lot more easy actually no, that's never an issue I hate clothes anyway but yeah like I think that's just it's just magical you like you, it yeah. doesn't get better yeah there's something really beautiful about like, I think our culture says that marriage is not you know oh it's not sexy it's not beautiful yeah. it you know it's just like a ball and chain it's like yeah. where your soul grows to die but it's it's, it's not exactly it's like uh, as you go along i'm like yeah the sex gets better yes. because you invest time and energy into yeah, yeah making it wonderful yeah yeah and there's a there's things that you know early on like you just either don't know how it works or don't know what to do and you like you work at it together and it's something yeah. that you and there's a really cheesy thing have you seen the movie fireproof with Kirk Cameron, it's very cheesy. No. Anyway, it's cheesy. I wouldn't recommend it. Anyway, but there's a there's a thing in that about like how marriage is getting a degree in a person. Yeah. So it's like you know, I feel like I've been I've got like my high school diploma in this person, but I wouldn't say like I've got a, a PhD or you know whatever. Like it, you, hmm. the more you're the longer you're married, it's about learning this person and how to serve this person. Yeah, like I'm I'm a student of you, and I'm an yes. expert in. I will know you as well as you can be known. Yeah. But it's so fascinating because the person you're married to, like, changes mm. as you go along. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like I'm not – I'm good at some things, but I was like I am pretty good at being his wife. You know, like there's – but specifically him. I was like I'm not, I'm not a great wife. <laughs> like not a good – not a good housekeeper. No. Not a cook. Not a good housekeeper. Not particularly good at having a handle on the schedule and, like, you know. You, you're like, just talking to me. I'm like the schedule and the oh, the house. Yes, like I'm I'm a good wife to him. Yeah. So that's 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 good. I mean, so far this time. 
there's something to be said for you. Like, oh, if I considered like all the things that I could be a wife, for, mm. you know, like all the things that wives do and wives could be, mm. it's overwhelming. But you're like, I just have to be a good wife to this you. Person, and yes. what matters to you? You know what yes, I mean? It's like what yeah. matters to your family. But like, what well, actually matters to my husband? Yes. Yeah. Mm. And you can actually just ask them that as well. Like, if you could choose between a clean kitchen and a clean bedroom, which would you pick? Mm. Like to him. Yeah. And his answer was, I don't care. But, like, you know, he gets home and you're like, if the kitchen's a, like, because I have a friend and, like, her husband, like, he doesn't care about anything but the kitchen because he's like, mm. clean, like, a, a dirty kitchen just, like, stresses him. Yeah. Like, he's like, I don't care. And so she focuses yeah. on, at the end of the day, she's like, as long as, the, like, the benches are clear and whatever, they yeah. have to be a pig's diet, but he's like, that's all, like, that's my preference. And you, you like, can ask them. It does You don't have to, like, guess. It's yeah, you're like, what would make you most happy and yes. I want to give it to you. Yes. Like, within reason. Yes. <laughs> now, I'm intrigued to see what you think about this yes. question. How did you become a Christian? Yeah, this is an interesting question. Just general osmosis. Well, well yeah. Like, I'm fascinated by this because lots of people I knew who I grew up with who were Christians, grew up in Christian families, are no longer Christians. Mm. And I'm genuinely intrigued by those. Yeah, but I'm genuinely intrigued by those who like saw it around them and you're like, well, there's lots of ways it could be like hypocritical or whatever. And then like Zach's a pastor's kid and you're like, oh, wow, like you're still a Christian. Like, Mm. you know, how are you, like what made you decide that you were like, yeah, this is my parents' faith, but it's now mine? Mm, Don't know. I actually don't know. Yeah. It was literally just a it's just been a slow process like there is no there was no I like I as a child said the sinner's prayer obsessively so I was like I just want to make sure which is why I have issues with the sinner's prayer in general because it's not particularly biblical what is the sinner's prayer the sinner's prayer is the sinner prayer is like the prayer they tell you to pray when they say put your hand up at the end of the meeting if you want to become a Christian that thing or you know that like it's just it ticks off all the things of kind of like the questions they ask in baptism you know do you believe that Jesus died for you I believe that Mm. like and it's just there's different versions of it, but it's just this prayer of covers all the bases and it's what they tell you to pray when you decide to become a Christian. It's so interesting because Tab said something similar where she found that really hard to be like, does God really accept me? Yes. Does God really? Yes. Because I think like, did he hear me? Does yeah. he remember? Yeah. I think, and I, I genuinely don't know how I became a Christian. It was, it's literally just been a journey of like, if nothing else I know, it's true. Yeah. And so it's yeah, similar to what you were saying before. Like I couldn't. I couldn't get out of it. <laughs> and I never tried particularly hard to get out of it because there's yeah. a lot of stuff in the Christian traditions that I've enjoyed. You know, there's a lot of, like, community and that sort of thing. But at, at the end of the day, I was like, well, I know it's true and it, it, it can't be avoided. <laughs> it sounds bad, but no, it is but what it is. I think that's it, though. You're like... I'm still working on it being joyful. Oh my gosh, I know. I know. Yeah. I love it when Tabs was like, you know, oh, I'm know. fighting for joy. Yeah. 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 I reckon I thought about that for a couple of months. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, joy is the thing you can mm. fight for, but it doesn't come natural. And I've had a few, like, there's a few things that I try and like, I like my little, like, fling, that, you know, those things that you cling on to is like encouragement. One is that I see the fruits of the spirit in myself more now than I did before. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm not where I want to be, but I am not where I was. I'm not where I was. Exactly. Yeah. And then the thing of like, someone told me this when I was younger and it was helpful, of like, are there things you used to love that you now hate and the things you used to hate that you now love? And you go, yeah, there are. You go, okay. Well, that's like the Holy Spirit's work despite me and my 
many innumerable shortcomings and you go, okay, well, he's working despite me. Now, this is fascinating to me because I've only just recently come across the idea that you're like, yeah, I should love what God loves, but also I should hate what God hates. Mm. Where you're like, oh, yeah, he's also like a God of wrath and he's perfectly Mm. just. You're like, oh, I should hate things. And you're like, I need to hate my sin enough to not want to do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That. That. <laughs> like, but this is my special sin. This is my special. This is my precious. Um, yeah, this is my pity party. Yeah. I became yeah. a Christian basically. I, I grew up in a Christian home and was taught it from my whole life. And I don't have a. I have had a lot of like, a lot of doubts. I would say if I had to describe my Christian journey, would be doubt. Yeah, um, I really love that. Like, not yeah. No, it doesn't feel great, but here we are. But there's something honest about, like, yeah, there's something you've, you know, you've really grappled with it, you've really thought about it, you've... You haven't come up with anything good, though. I haven't come up with anything better. No, no, yes, well, that that is true, yeah. But, like, yeah. yeah. Mm. But it's honest and it's hard one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I do, like, I do think... Had I not, God gave me a husband and he gave me the ch- children I have and that has sanctified me a lot. And I think I would yeah. to think the person I would be had I not gotten married and had kids. Yeah, and so I see those things where it's like God has used things and I definitely see people that knew me 10 years ago when I first started coming to Gosnells and they'll say, oh, yes, she's a lot nicer now. Tony, <laughs> uh, like, spe- uh, Pastor to- specifically remembers the first time I came to church and he remembers what I was wearing because I was wearing something crazy. Yeah, and you sat, like, right at the front. So I was, I was very annoying. I'm still annoying, but less so. I don't, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question or not. But no, I became a Christian didn't. because it was my parents' faith and then through a journey it has become my own. But... The journey continues. Yeah. Mm. That's great. Mm. Oh, fairness. Now, tell me, who are the people who have, like, most encouraged you? Like, if you think about it, in your Christian walk, the people who, mm. yeah. I've had a lot of people, I think, in hindsight, I've looked back, especially when I was young, because I was a very, I still am, but I'm, but more so, like me, me now, but more obnoxious. And so I was very, like, I didn't care what people thought. I was like, I'm going to say this because I think it's funny or it's yeah. just talking and I, I'm going to say it because whatever, I don't care. Yeah. And so I see in hindsight a lot of just older women who were very kind to me when I was like, oh, I was really obnoxious. And you go, you didn't have to be nice. Like, yeah. so people in, in previous churches and stuff go, oh, you were really nice to me and, like, gave me the benefit of the doubt when I was not, not that nice. So a lot of people in hindsight. Just, yeah. Mm, and then I have a few friends that are usually people that have just like a different take to me on something or so, people who are better at things that I'm not at. Like So like Tab is very encouraging to me. Mm. Yeah, people that just have a different take on things and you go, oh, yeah, that's not what I think and what I think is not always right. <laughs> um, so disappointing. Yeah, yeah. I tend to get very like I'm a bit of a – a pe- I'm not really a pessimist. I just like to whinge about stuff all the time. And I have a few, uh, yeah. It's a fun hobby. It is a fun hobby. Everyone needs a hobby. And so, so there's some people that you hang out with that don't let you do that. And that's good. Yeah. 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 Too many specific people. But I think usually I, I usually I will see it in hindsight. And upon reflection when you go, oh, that person was very encouraging to me or very kind to me. And they didn't, 
and I didn't appreciate it at the time, but now in hindsight you go, oh, that was, yeah. I'm just like, oh, can I be that person to other people? Can I be that nice person to the younger, the younger girl who's a bit of an idiot? <laughs> Like, yeah yeah because you're like that person now won't appreciate it but like they, they might, will they yeah yes yeah i do remember a guy uh, when i was leaving when i was baptist and he you know we were part of like the same social group but like we weren't friends and he remember he was like studying this guy who wasn't a christian and he was like you know when I, I think you should break up with your boyfriend i don't think what you're doing is a good idea whoa and i was like i'm gonna do what i want <laughs> That's my favorite sentence. <laughs> but in hindsight like that was the kindest thing. Yeah. Like he, you know, he wasn't mean. He wasn't like judgmental. He was just like, I just don't think what you're doing is wise. And at the time I was like, no, but I look back in hindsight and I was like, he was the only one mm. who was like, you know, on my way out, I was like, oh, there were other people and no one said anything. No one, friends that I had tried to make or whatever. And I was like, he was the only one. And I saw him like maybe like 10 years later and I was like, thank you so much for what you did. Mm. Yeah. That's the thing though. That's so like, yeah, that's so bold because you think, well, that also could have not worked out for him. Mm-hmm. That 10 years later thing might never have happened and he, you know, yeah, I'm such a coward, that sort of stuff. You're like, oh, oh I'd rather doing keep that. relationship with you. Like, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. but I have since done that for other people where I'm like, okay, I can see you're on your way out and, mm-hmm. like, look, you might be, but, you know, you might not swing back around. Mm-hmm. But I want you to, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I want you to know that, I, like, I, I see where you're going and I, I get why you're doing it, but, like, I don't think what you're doing is wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I appreciate, like, and I try and remember this when you're like, I appreciate anyone calling me out on something because you're like, that comes from a good, well, usually it comes from a place of like, oh, you're not doing the right thing. Like, yeah. And it takes a lot of love and respect to call someone out on something. And mm. like, oh, I really don't, I really don't like to do it. I am a chronic conflict avoider. But I've had a few people where they, I can't even think of examples, but I can think of the feelings <laughs> where they've been like, mm, that's dumb, stop doing that. Or you're, that was really whatever. And at the time you go, oh, well, that, you know, hurts your ego. But yeah. like, stay cared. <laughs> At least they cared. It would be easier to be like to complain about you yeah. to somebody else, yeah, rather than like you know go through all the things and sit you down and yes. say the thing and like have to put up with like your you know all of that. Mm. You're like no one wants to like have to do that. No, so no. Like, oh, it is a kindness a thing. Being a Christian is a lot of work. A lot of like it's it is. It really is. It really is. You're and like I, I could just not care about this. You're like but. Yeah, God won't let me not care about this, but I want to not care. Yeah. Oh, I really want to not care about a lot of stuff. It's a, yeah. 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 Hopefully, someone will listen to this and be like, "Oh, cool." Christian, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who are pretending pretty hard in the church, and I've had a lot of experiences when I've like honestly shared stuff in Bible studies and just been met with crickets. You're like, oh, I'm not going to share anymore. Like, <laughs> oh, it is just me. No doubt. So oh, no doubt. Where else? You guys are big Gwen Stefani fans. Great. Yeah, everyone's yeah. doing wonderfully, and I'm the only one like on the floor. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, or, cool, cool. or then the worst. They'll just give you advice. You're like, no, I wanted solidarity. I want you to share your struggles. Don't give me advice. I don't need you to fix it for me. I want you to sit here with me. Yes. 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 So I'll just fix this with my judgment. Mm. Now, in terms of suffering, Mm. what have you learned through a hard season that you don't think you would have learned otherwise? What did you learn about God? One one thing was when we when we first got married, as as you do, because I was like twenty one and a baby. 
the like I just had all these expectations of what I should be doing hmm. and lots of like even stuff like, like cleaning and that sort of stuff and then I Dan would help and then he's like but I didn't ask you to do this you've taken this on yeah and I think I had all I had a lot of expectations of what I thought my husband and a spiritual leader should be based on the family I came from because my dad is very he's very academic and he's very like he was you know the dad who was in his study for two hours every morning from 5 a.m which is 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 the way he did things but you know, there's there's pros and cons to that very much so. And, but, and then I, I sort of was like, well, Dan doesn't do these things. And, like, I would try to really force, like, let's do a, like, couple's devotion book and all these things and all this stuff that I realised was actually just expectations that I had that weren't, that didn't align with the person I'd married. Yeah. And, like, and I, it took me a while to, and it took me a while to be comfortable with the idea of, like, he he will lead our family as the person he is because the thing is there's a lot of stuff that my dad did that in hindsight I was like he did the best he could at the time but I was like like my mum had to pull up a lot of the slack because he was being this spiritual giant and he was being this person that like and because he came from a Roman Catholic background so he he had quite a radical conversion and so this is what he thought he needed to do that I need to be the spiritual leader I need to be studying and I need to be and he was a preacher as well so he was always working on sermons and things and so in my head I was like well that's what a spiritual leader is and like my husband's not doing that and so is he like what something is wrong yes. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but then I, and then I was like yeah but I didn't actually like what my dad did I didn't you know I, in, in hindsight especially now that I'm married with kids you're like I probably would have preferred him to help my mum like you can argue either way as to which thing is is more valuable to God, yeah, and it's probably dependent on the person and their heart and whatever, yeah. But I had a lot of like things of like, oh, he's not he's not being a leader, he's not doing this, and also the fact that like my dad is, you know, by the time my dad had, like I was a kid to remember that you're like dad had already been married for twenty years and was like an adult, whereas like my yeah. husband who's just got married who's in his mid twenties, yeah, like I had these expectations of him, and you're like, well, that's not fair. But also, I think spiritual leader is a very vague term that you're like it's not you know that man should lead his his family but it can look incredibly different to different people yeah um, yeah so I think it took a while but I think yeah God sort of showed me that he's allowed to be the person he is and he can still be you know like I want him to I want him to grow to the person God wants him to be yeah not what I think it's the picture yeah, I'm not shaping you into like my image of where you should go. Yes. You're like actually God's created you to be someone very specific mm. and he's going to grow you that way and I want to mm. be with you in yes. that. Like I want to support that, yeah. And also like if he did, if he suddenly started doing all those things I thought he should be doing, would that make me feel better? And I don't think it would. Which is a very helpful thing to think. You're like if all these things that I want to happen suddenly started happening, would I be happy? No. Usually it's no. Like that's not the actual problem. Yeah. The problem is your expectations or what you think should be happening, not what is actually. Did you ever hear that quote? Someone was like, expectations are resentments waiting to happen. Yes. Where's it from? Unmet expectations is literally the source of all conflict. There's so many things you like. I didn't even realize that this was an expectation that I had until it wasn't met and now I'm annoyed. Yeah. Like every, everything. Like every single conflict is just an expectation that wasn't met. And sometimes you didn't even know it was an expectation you had. Yeah, you're like, why am I so angry about this? I'm so annoyed at this. You're like, oh, because I thought this and then this didn't happen. This is not the way things would happen in my kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. Dude, I like that. I like mm-hmm. that just kind of coming around to being like, who did I actually marry? Yeah. Yeah, and like God made them to be this way. Mm. Yeah. And how can I? I went to a Bible study the other day. This is a little bit of a side note, but it's and we did in the Old Testament all the names of God. So it's like you know Elohim and whatever, and yeah. it, like each of them have their own meaning. So one is like you know Jehovah Jireh, God the Provider, and one is like the God of Peace. One is God the Creator. And I was thinking about like. Obviously, in English, it doesn't translate as well because we, we it just says God. Yeah. And you think, well, there's potentially a lot of power to pray to that aspect of God's nature. You like pray to Jehovah Jireh, God the Provider, to provide this. Yeah. Or I pray that. And I was thinking about that, like with Jan, of like I can pray that, like the, the person, yeah, the person he has made him to be will come to pass you know that yeah um, rather than what i want which is probably wrong anyway because what i think i want is usually wrong (laughs) but there's also i mean like it's hard it's interesting though because you also you see the person that your husband is and you're like you know what I mean? The things that you love about them, and like you can see if they're like going off the path, and you're like, this is, you know, like mm-hmm. this, this is like the ditch that you end up in when things aren't going well, mm. and this is who you are when God is like changing and sanctifying you, mm. you know. So you want to be like, avoid the ditch, get out of the ditch. Mm. I'm with you. So yeah, there's part of that where you're like, don't go that way, yes. and they see that stuff in you where you're like, don't do it. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, think that they're in the ditch, but they're not. Yeah. Being who God has them to be, yes. you're like, right, yes, okay. Yeah. And I think that also takes, I mean, it adds pressure, but it also takes pressure out of life when you're like, God has his own design in this marriage to bring glory to him. So you're like, it's kind of takes a bit of pressure off because you're like, well, this is his plan anyway. Like, it's fine. Yeah. It's like, and marriage is also, it's not just me and him being happy. It's also like, you know, God's picture of marriage is Christ and his church and like the picture to the world of Christ loving the church, the church loving Christ. Yeah. So you're like, if nothing else, even if, you know, there's conflict or whatever, you're like, well, this is the picture this relationship, this marriage is projecting that to the world and if we're not having a great time, it's still doing that and that's fine. And yeah. I think kind of sometimes you can be like that takes the pressure off us just being happy. We just have to be this insular this thing like, that is yeah. happy but you're like actually we're, we're a foundation for yeah. raising children and loving them and loving community. You know what I mean? It's yeah. you like marriage is like sometimes like you guys looking outwards mm. doing your thing rather than just like always looking at each other. Mm. Yeah. Very much so. Now tell me, who is who would you like to nominate for this next? Nah, nah, I want to make Laura Marlowe do it. No pressure, Laura. No, well, because the thing is, Laura is great because Laura has so, like, I would say the opposite, but, like, we're so different. Like, and everything she does, like, the stuff that she does great is the stuff I suck at. Yes. And so I was like, mm, she could tell me things. She's so organised and she's so, like, oh, she's, like, really nice to her kids. Which, I mean, I'm nice to my kids, but not in that night. Like, not as nice. She's just really, like, not really gentle. Oh, she I'm is. just so loud and abrasive. I would like to be lovely and gentle, and I, I feel that Laura can help me do that. Cool. Laura Marlowe, help us out. Yeah. Do it. Do it now. Thanks for joining us, friend. If you would like to support the podcast, Please text it to a friend, share it on social media, get it in front of women in Perth Southeast who would love chats about books and food and what we are learning about God through Heart Season. You can also support the Sunday Morning Snuggle by rating and reviewing it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. 
your reviews help women find us. For essays, curated fun links, and notifications of new episodes, check out the Sunday Morning Snuggle. Godsubstack.com.